Hi everyone, Matthew here from the MarTech Summit. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Mastering MarTech webinar series. And welcome to Manisha Sewell, the Group Chief Marketing Officer from Carabo. Thank you for joining us today, uh, Manisha. Thanks for having me, Matthew. No problem. Uh, so today, Manisha is going to do a quick Q&A session with us. So let's jump straight in. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, uh, so first question. What should publishers and brands be doing now to prepare for a cookie-less world? Okay, so uh, well, the cookie came in a bit as a, as a bit of a shock, I must say, uh, uh, to some marketers, even though, uh, you know, you know, Firefox and Safari have already implemented this. And uh, I think we, we have to reinvent uh, the business a little bit, especially because uh, a bulk of the money is actually made at least uh, in this part of the world because our phones are Android-based a lot more compared to, say, in the U.S. or, say, in Europe, right? Mm -hmm. We do feel that uh, Chrome will continue to be the default web browser for Asia. So it's really time for both brands as well as publishers to really uh, start looking at, uh, first, their content. Second is every opportunity that they get to start collecting first-party data at all possible uh, uh, connection points with customers as possible. And it also applies to us as brands. So I would say our reliance on, while we will continue to spend our marketing efforts on you know, programmatic and all that, that will continue. But I think as a business, we are now looking at what are the granular opportunities that we have with the customer where we can engage with them uh, to an extent that we can collect their data firsthand rather than having to always rely on um, cookies data that is probably enabled more on programmatic side. So almost shy of saying brands need to bring some functions uh, in-house, hopefully, mm -hmm. uh, content that is a lot more engaging and more contextual. So customers are willing to uh, uh, to share their, their personal data a bit more willingly. Uh, so authenticity is, is, a, is very, very critical. And lastly, I would say <clears throat> publishers, if they've been over-relying just on cookies, uh, well, it, it's time to sort of wake up and uh, and really ask whether the content that we are showing to the customers, is it really what they want to see or are we just, or have we just been forcing them to accept cookies all this while? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes, very good. Um, okay, so next question. Uh, so automation is a big part of, um, well, in society really nowadays, but have you ever seen any interactions that does need, that you feel that doesn't need to be automated? Well, well, yes, let me speak more about the uh, automotive industry, Matthew, if that's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah so look, if you look at the automotive industry, right, um, uh, let's just say a brand like Honda, right? Honda currently uses, uh, in, in a lot of their factories, they use robots to do a lot of the painting and the welding work when it comes to, uh, you know, putting a car together, a brand new car together. And, uh, you know, as much as that, what I read online was as much as 342 robots make the Honda Accord, uh, Accords, you know, redesigned metal body. So I think that part, automating that part of the process is okay. But even for a brand like Honda that has 340 over robots automating, uh, you know, putting the car together, when it comes to the actual uh, checking of the, the suspension and then making sure that the 
the poles go where they're supposed to go, the human still needs to come in and check. Mm-hmm. So I would say uh, automation is great for processes that are are, are repetitive and uh, probably the I would say the repetitive and the machine learning uh, can get smarter and smarter as the action is repeated. But when it comes to safety uh, measures, at least in the automotive industry, uh, all that still requires human intervention. And that is just for, say, a car making ability, right? If you look at times when, when our customers collect a car from us and they purchase a car from us or subscribe to one, when it comes to their having maybe the car broke down on the road, yeah, we can always automate the process for them to you know, click one for this, two for that, and then help is on the way. But when there's distress involved in the situation, uh, be it a, road, a car breakdown, be it an accident, I think again, the human interaction needs to come in. So I can confidently say, at least for the automotive industry, while a certain part of the value chain is increasingly being automated, but the human part of the value chain is still very much uh, human interaction based, simply because of uh, not only the high involvement, which means the cars is, is an expensive category, but also to do with the safety uh, that that is that surrounds this entire industry. Mm, yeah, I think I yeah I definitely agree with that. I think it's a bit like the, uh, the a lot of the autopilot functioning cars now where. It's fun to you know set them off on the journey, but ultimately you still need the human control. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, you're you're right, Matthew. Yeah. Okay, and last question. So, yeah. when implementing a Martech stack, what would be your top three concerns to watch out for? Well, the top three concerns. Number one for me is really using data to its full potential. And uh, I've seen that happen not only for, for us, but also in, in terms of you know, when I interact with my other uh, senior marketers uh, in the industry, the data, while we are collecting a lot of data today, it doesn't really mean that we are extracting insights from it. And that seems to be happening because every MarTech stack will promise you that you can, uh, uh, every part of the journey that the customer clicks, wherever there's a drop off, uh, the attribution that they came in through, everything can be measured. But how it actually leads to a transaction, again, uh, Matthew, back to a, a my line of business, which is automotive, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Customer may find out about automotive by just speaking to a friend, and that is highly a lot more credible than all of the attribution models that you can build behind. That's so, true, yeah. Yeah, simply because you know the, the value of uh, word of mouth is very important for, for automotive category. And if you compare this to say e-commerce where the value of the item purchases is, is say under $100 on average, or even under $50 even more, then uh, then I think the data that has been collected, then I think those, those attribution models can get a bit more interesting. But I feel the number one challenge is uh, organizations need to really push the boundaries of not just collecting data, where a lot of effort has been put in, but to actually use it to draw insights that go, that again, feedback into uh, really building uh, building the business uh, and growing the business and bringing in more revenue. So that's number one, which is using data to its potential. The mm-hmm. second is, again, challenge that I have seen, uh, not only in the startup world, but I would say more so uh, in the multinational world, because I used to work in, in big corporations for over a decade. Uh, 
what I feel is a lot of times at multinationals, what happens is we build in one market, Martech stack, right? And that does say it delivers on a value proposition of say A. So imagine your customer journey is A, B, C, and D, right? So it does a great job at A. And then we got, we all get very excited about it. Okay, you know, uh, yeah, let, let, let's do this now. You know a little, little bit more about our customer. And then the next stack is, but it doesn't lead us to the transaction yet. And then over time, we maybe build in another Martech stack, maybe say that helps us with the process C. So you build on that, but sometimes the two Martech don't really talk to each other. So while one is working in a silo, the other one is working in its own silo, but the two shall never talk. And that's where a lot of the, when they don't complement each other, the different Martech stacks, I've seen a lot of wastage that happens not only in terms of the, the monetary wastage, of course, uh, because MarTech is expensive, but also the value that if only the two could talk, right, that would build that, that it would bring to uh, the client. I mean, one simple example. This is not even MarTech type. A simple example, like uh, say Google and Facebook, right? This is where most of the marketers spend uh, bulk of their money. The two again don't really talk, and it's very hard to extract insights from one and then make it applicable for the other. Yeah, you can, you can, there are ways around it you can try, but there's no real, real Martech that will tell you uh, that they're able to do it seamlessly, right? So, so point number two is when, how does one Martech stack complement the other Martech stack? And how much Martech do you really need from understanding or from bringing the customer from point A to point B, C, D, and eventually to a transaction? Sometimes you don't even need to measure so much uh, in order to lead it to a transaction. And that brings me to the third point. The third concern is um, we are over measuring uh, what we, in fact, I would say we are measuring things that don't really matter because the good thing about MarTech is you can measure almost everything, but that's also the bad thing about MarTech is yeah, you're measuring everything, but not really focusing on what will move the needle so one another example I can give is I often meet up with uh, Martech uh, providers, and my number one challenge with them is if if uh, bringing this Martech solution uh, in would cost me say X amount of dollars a month, right? Which is it's usually on a retainer basis, for example, a platform cost. Typically, the value that they can bring in, which is measurable, is usually lower than how much the market actually costs. And as a well, that is my biggest challenge that I find it, I struggle to really, uh, if I were to spend say $10,000 um, uh, on this MarTech platform a month, can it even either reduce my customer acquisition cost by at least 10,000 on, on, a, on, a, you know, uh, on a portfolio basis? So at least the MarTech platform pays for itself. Or can it increase my revenue proportionately? So I feel that you know, it did help move the business forward. So not everything that the market platform um, can measure is really worth measuring. So really knowing what needs to be measured uh, is critical. And, and within that intertwined is, uh, again, when market platforms speak to me, they come with a very, uh, usually they are very, very good with e-commerce, but when it comes to my business, which is uh, automotive, chunk of it happens, yeah, the discovery, education, all that happens online. 
but the actual experience of driving a car, making, you know, uh, how the car smells, how do you feel, do you like the torque, all that happens offline. And a lot of time, the, the key decision is actually made offline. So it could be uh, maybe one member of the family who's, who's discovering the, the product online. But when they buy the product, they typically buy it as a family. So suddenly you have getting involved. You have the spouse getting involved. And that is where uh, uh, I'm still struggling to see how much sort of O2O, the online to offline, the MarTech can really add value, at least to my line of business. So yeah, so those are three points. Using data to its potential. Uh, how does it complement existing MarTech stack? And lastly, uh, don't just measure it because it can be measured. Uh, measure it because it makes a difference, not otherwise. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, very good. Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with all those uh, insightful points, especially the last one where nowadays you know you can spend so much time like you know, measuring this, measuring that, and then you sort of lose the objective in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Not everything moves the needle, Matthew. <laughs> That's true. And, and everybody gets very uh, uh, bedazzled by the fancy charts that Martech tends to make. So it's really looking at the real numbers. Mm -hmm. Otherwise. Um, it's it's to me it's a distraction. <laughs> mm, yeah, definitely. Especially nowadays when you get all these like fancy dashboards as well, so you can spend all exactly. The time on the <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. So uh, thank you very much uh, for joining us today, Manisha. Uh, if anyone has any questions, please do get in touch. Uh, thank you again, Manisha. All right. I look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much, Matthew. You have a good day. No problem. Uh, if anyone has any um, questions, yeah, do get in touch and. <laughs> Give a little follow on the social medias as well. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.